just get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep! Episode 33, just dishing it. The boys are back. Try the tremendous trio, as they call it. Derek on stream with us today, doing some catching up. We haven't done one of these in quite a while. Welcome back, everybody. And speaking of getting pucks deep, I'm as we're sitting here recording this, Toots, how does it feel that you are about to make your Burners debut? Dude, it's uh, feels good. I didn't get to play last season with uh, shoulder surgery, so this will be the first. Uh, actual game in like two years so i'm pretty pumped went to uh pure hockey after work right because i didn't have any like plain black socks so uh, i don't either i still don't so i was gonna go in there and like for 12 dollars just get like plain black hockey socks i walked out with a new twig too so that's how my day's going uh chiching but um you know i'm looking forward to it i you know hope there's a couple points in there for me i did look at the stats though benny from game one Big win while I was gone in Philly last weekend opening the season. Um, Benny with uh, one goal and two assists. He's a three, he's a three-point-per-game player to start the season, folks. Yeah, three points per game through one game. Yeah, You like that? You got to keep it up. I mean, at this rate, how many games are in the season? 22. And you're looking at like... 66 points in the I mean, season? I think if Man. you're playing in the Harbor Center Silver League, and you score 66 points in 22 games, there's not a shot in the world Kevin Adams isn't walking over to sign a contract at the end nah, of the they're game. Taking you, they're, they're bumping you up right up to the FHL, like right afterwards. Like oh, the, fatty ho- the Fatty Hockey League is calling. Yeah, there's going to be some people in the stands maybe at that point. Uh, I will say, hard-working goal. It was finesse. It was shorthanded, though. Was it? Was it? it was a wow. shorthanded. All right. I, I see Cavos in there at four points too. So uh, strong, strong showing from uh, the uh, justician line. Yeah, yeah, we uh, we were excited to be back back together again. We really came out strong. You know, good good game. We the whole squad played well. Got fired up there. Um, it's a fun league, man. You know, we're all washed up, but it's a real fun league. There's, you know, we, you always have those guys who want to be the heroes. You know, think they still got a shot, but. Great team, gotta love the burners. Shout out to them. I'm gonna, we'll have, to, I'm gonna have to get back out there soon. Oh, yeah. we'll be. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's good, man. It's I love I love it. It's so much better than like just going for a run or even lifting weights. Like I should do more of those things, but the cardiovascular work you get just ripping up and down the ice. Woo. He acts like we're not going to have a 30 of blue light that I already bought for the locker room today. Like, buddy, we're, we're going to get a workout in, but we're not, you know, going Connor. Wait, it's, even it's even yeah, Steven. It's even Steven. We're not Connor McDavid here. Yeah. Like we're not going like Connor McDavid protein shake after the game. We're going to have like two blue lights. Like, yeah, I mean, if you, if you're only going to have I mean, two, that's, 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 that's fine. A, that's a protein shake to me. Oh man. Well, boys, I mean, uh, I mean, sure, we'll have more to report next week, maybe. We'll see what Tudor looks like. It's been a little while. I'm yeah. excited to see him out there just, you know, sending pucks high off the glass, sending nice breakout passes, fired up for it. But uh, what's been going on this week, gentlemen? How are we? 
staying busy, trying as always, you know, yeah, um, yeah. getting the, the relishing off of the uh, huge Buffalo Bills win. Man, um, monumental. Just uh, further proof what a faulty team the Steelers are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, hey, they're they're not they're not good. Saw a meme this but... week of. Saw a meme of it was uh, Bernie Sanders of the I am once again asking you how in the hell did the Steelers beat the Bills? <laughs> I honestly like I don't even care if the Steelers don't make the playoffs and the Bills like go sixteen and one at this point because you're just the one. Least at least I don't have to live with the fact of all the Bills fans in my life, which is the majority of people around me living in Buffalo, trashing yeah. the entire year because they beat the Steelers. Like, you can't talk that you much shit one. if you lost no. to the team. Yeah, like, that's yeah. the thing. Is like, regardless of what happens, like, you really can't talk that much shit when you lose head-to-head. Yeah. I mean, if they walk away with the Lombardi, a little different. Unfortunately, that loss of head-to-head is, I think, going to be a real... It's going to be a pain real, in the ass for some sort of seating. snake in our boot. Because yeah. of, well, I mean, the way that the Chargers are trending right now, they don't have an AFC loss at all. Yeah. So yeah. Like, that could end up kind of kicking us in the ass. See, um, I, I know the Chargers are a different team now. You know, Justin Hurt. There's still something about them. They're going to lose a game. Longevity. Yeah, yeah. There's, they're, they're going to lose a I game. I just hope it's against an, No, they're going to. No doubt. Yeah. I just hope I it's think, against an AFC team. That's Well, I think thing. the Chargers, What's what works in the Bills' favor is – the Bills are definitely in a weaker division, I would say, overall. Like, Our schedule is also you very know, weak. I was looking yeah, at the, the schedule the rest weak. of the week. I was like looking at the rest of the schedule for the season, and after beating the Chiefs, I was like, uh, Tampa Bay? Like, that's yeah. about it. I mean, but you, even, should, you should route every other team. And the nice thing is, though, too, it really, like, I mean, it. I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but, like, the Steelers lost, like, in college football, right, like who you lose to matters. In the NFL, it's just your your final record, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And, and I think what helps the Bills is those other teams that were top contenders going into the year, like the Chiefs, do not look good at all, right? Like their defense is atrocious. They've got a losing record. Like, yeah, the, the Chargers are coming, kind of surprising some people. But, yeah, I mean, I think the AFC uh, – it's going to run through Buffalo, it looks like. Um, you know, they're the team to beat for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's – you can only see where the season goes, but <laughs> it should be uh, should be interesting for the rest of the year. Um, I think – yeah, I mean, like, look, again, I looked at the schedule and, like, I was, like, picture, you know, at the beginning of the season, I definitely, pe- you know, picked, like, Steelers, possibly a loss. A lot of people didn't, but I definitely did. Um, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, and then like I think New Orleans. I mean, New that Orleans. Was, could I was just gonna say that, Derek. Another primetime game. Yeah, but primetime Josh on th- on Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, that's a different animal. I don't is know. that that's at New Orleans though? Correct. That yeah, looks like it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I know that there's a huge like I know that there's a very big um, amount of Bills Mafia that will be traveling because it's oh yeah Thanksgiving. So. It, could very well end up being a home game for us. A little more of a feel of a home game. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That'll be interesting. See, that's – even that one, Jameis Winston makes me – you just – you never know. Ja- so Jameis is the hardest quarterback to, like, 
to kind of peg because, I mean, you saw it with a couple seasons ago, two years ago, he had over 5,000 passing yards, led the NFL in passing, had 30 touchdowns, but he also had 30 interceptions. So it's like, you don't know if Jameis is going to go out there and he's very capable of throwing for 400 yards, four touchdowns, but he's also very capable of throwing for 200 yards and four interceptions. Oh, so, yeah, like, sure. it's it's so weird with him because you, you actually have no clue. And Sean Payton is a, like, you know, OG of a coach. And, you know, you can – Yeah, scheming-wise, yeah. playing to people's strengths and everything. So, I'm sure he'll have some sort of plan for Allen or even the defense. So, I don't know. It'll be – that's an awesome game for Thanksgiving at night. You know, just yeah. chilling, chilling after some nice pie. Have a couple bevies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the fine. I think it's the night game. The it end. is 820. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, and I also looked and like, we have two. It's, like, our the Bills are prime time, like, back-to-back. It's our four games are all back-to-back of each other. We play prime time again this week, a couple weeks off, and then it's Thanksgiving, and then the week after that is a Monday night game at home against the Patriots also. So. And then the Bucks game is the game of the week. Yes. That's, so that'll, that's, yeah. that's right after that. <clears throat> yeah, that's where, after the Patriots. Where do you guys stand on prime time? Because I always like to ask this question because myself personally, I think so many fan bases complain when their team doesn't get a lot of primetime games. The Bills are obviously <clears throat> starting to get more. I don't like primetime. I would rather have the Steelers play at 1 o'clock. I can wake up. I can watch a game at 1. I don't have to stay up until midnight when I got to get up prime for ex- work. Prime example of, yeah, literally what just happened. With yeah, the like, rain delay. I, yeah. I just think that so many people make such a big deal about, like, oh, we're playing in primetime, and it's like, I don't even like primetime. It's just time. the give eyes. Me the, give it's me the, the 1 o'clock Sunday slot. I think it's just the, the fact of, like, you're not competing with anything else. It's literally Bills football. Like, that's it. I think they do, like, they do, like, cool features and stuff. Like, it's more of a show versus yeah, the, no. the 1 o'clock game. It definitely um, is. I just, I think, like, as a fan, like, I don't think, like, for me, it, like, makes me enjoy the game or any more excited for the game, if that makes sense. No, I I don't have feelings on it either way. I I obviously tend to like, you know, when the fourth quarter hits, I'm usually like dozing off and shit. So right, yeah. yes, you yeah, know, I, I, if it's I a was, Bills game, I'm kind of like, well, shit. I was at that point. I was very tired, especially like Derek just said with the delay. It's just also also, fuck Chris Collinsworth. <laughs> so yeah. so I actually I actually was curious about that. So I was just, I watched. Oh, I watched some of the Red Sox game and then I went to bed that night. So I actually didn't see any of the oh, Sunday night awful. football game. But Shout out to the Boston Red Sox, by oh the way. God, they are making goodies. stupid amounts of money. Oh stupid. my God. Dude, they're a team of destiny. Um, Besides my New York or uh, my San Francisco baseball giants, who really are up against it right now, but I feel good because the trend in this series has been. Close game, Giants win. Blowout, Dodgers win. Close game, Do- Giants win, etc. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the trend that's been going and setting up for a home game five for Sam Fran. Logan Webb's going. Mm-hmm. 
Let's fucking hammer it. I'm ready to go. Baseball has been fun. I know a lot of people aren't, aren't big on, on baseball. I'm not, but I can, I can do it when it's playoff time. October, October baseball is so much fun. And Um, like also them celebrating to the Tiesto remix. Yes. Uh, dancing on my own it's got like it honestly like so watching the socks right like i was super excited like they walk off christian vasquez home run and then like they come back they walk off again on a sack fly to, to beat the rays who everyone thought they were going to lose to beat them 3-1 in the series and when they were singing that song in the locker room as they had previously with some of their wins here it gives me like St. Louis Blues Gloria vibes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it really gives mm-hmm. me that vibe, mm-hmm. and like just that kind of song that you're like, I didn't think pro athletes would be singing this together in the locker room after the game, having beers and champagne. But here we are. So, you know, on the eve when people listen to this, it will be the day of the Sabers home opener. You just couldn't make it 15 <laughs> minutes without bringing up the St. Louis Blues. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Uh, I just saw an opportunity to, know, to point that out. Maybe, maybe next week we'll get a full breakdown. Because well, where are you coming? Are you coming to the game tomorrow, Benny? Well, yeah, I think uh, tonight. Tonight, when we're um, after the game, we're going to order them. We're going to yeah. try and line it up so so the boys can dominate a row here. Derek, I will be out. I have a ten o'clock volleyball tilt. So, oh, no. all right, all yeah. right. Yeah, that's uh, it was really funny, though, because like obviously like I uh, not too many people are excited about the Sabres season. So like yesterday I was talking oh, I'm to excited a couple for people. Super cheap games. Right. Yeah. I mean, you get like I saw Walt had a really funny tweet after the last episode we recorded with him. And he was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Sabres StubHub season ticket pack. And it's just like eight dollar StubHub tickets to every single game. <laughs> uh, he's been fun. he's been killing it on Twitter. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's been a riot. But um, yeah, I had a couple people when I was like, yeah, me and me and some of the justician boys are going to go to the Sabres home opener. And people looked at me and they're like, why? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We're just hockey fanatics. Like we yeah. don't care. We just want to see hockey. We want to see. We want to see Zemgis Gergensons and Kyle Oposo in, a, in assistant know, captains. I'm, I'm actually though like I like it because the cool thing about hockey is every team gets a home and home with like every other team, even if you're not in division, right? So like, it's nice when tickets are cheap like that because you can watch some really exciting players and like i'm excited for thursday to see guys like cole caulfield nick like you know watching some of those young studs play in person i think is going to be awesome like nick suzuki signing that new deal good for him yeah big chatter big chatter well um yeah i it's i was i think i've been on record on this show said i will not go i know but it took you all of zero, zero games, games to buy your first ticket. <laughs> zero games. I miss being in the key. I miss being in the there. Li- the library. It's the key bank library. 
Um, also, I was watching the Golden. I was watching the Knights game last night, and I was just like, God, if like any of these shenanigans like happened inside of the KeyBank library, I think like Joe on like Joe in one twelve, you know, who's eighty five years old, would probably have a fucking conniption and then like uh, a heart attack right well, afterwards. Yeah, but if I the th- team's good, he's not going to care. That's, that's the thing. Is, I think if the Sabers were good that arena would be rocking as much as any barn in the oh, yeah. NHL. Like, yeah, but it's just, been, it's been that long that yeah, I just literally can't even, you like forget it. what it's I'm like. like right? There's no way that like we could even have an atmosphere like that. Like they have like the whole like mascot, like cheerleader pit, like up in the 300, like imagine if that was up in the three hundreds of like a good Sabres game, like that'd be rowdy. <laughs> it would be, absolutely insane i mean when this team so the one the one thing that got me last year derek was when you you and i I think we're talking i think you might have tweeted it too but you were talking about how you have since you've been of age to drink 21 and older have never been able to go to a party in the plaza for a sabers playoff yeah or just like like, even just go to a game to like drink beer like and watch yeah like in the playoffs and i'm like i'm 26 turning 27 it's like that's that to me is nuts and i think what was it 2010 was their last playoff birth yeah we're gonna we're gonna break the record this year yeah what 11 years yeah yeah i mean it's it's tough but like and I would feel I, and I, I feel, don't even know what to say. Like out of all of the major sports, like like between basketball and hockey, it's the easiest to get into the playoffs. Like you have the most percentage every year. Like to get right. in, there's like a lot of teams that make the playoffs. Like yeah, statistically, baseball is baseball is super exclusive, mm-hmm. and f- it it pretty it pretty much is when you you know like it. it it breaks yeah, I mean, down hockey, to like how many teams per side. Like hockey, like half the league is in the playoffs. Yeah, it's harder to do what we're doing now than it is to just accidentally. Oh make no! It hundred. Oh no! <laughs> it, it, it actually is. It yeah. is. It literally it is. It is a hundred percent. Like it, it is statistically more difficult to miss the playoffs eleven times in a row than actually just make the playoffs in this league. Because in like in baseball, you like to have a solid route to like the world series you have to win your division is basically and then like hockey you don't really have to win your like playing those wild card games is so much more extra on to the season like an already very long season yeah honestly sometimes in hockey too i feel like depending on and i guess this might be true in any sport but sometimes like almost winning your division could like kind of bite you in the ass in terms of who you have to play first round uh, i mean yeah because especially too right like i mean every every sport is like that but i feel like hockey even more so it's is your goaltender hot at the right time is your team hot at the right time like how many times Just like look the at blues, montreal look at the what blues a couple did, years man. ago at new year's the blues were last place in the league then they go on and they end up getting hot and winning the cup yeah is okay speed, okay but, but like, you also have to remind yourself you have to remind yourself like who they acquired like at the trade no 100 percent. but i guess that's my point is like if you won your division that year and you're a high seed like you are now running into a buzzsaw because you've got a team that is n- way better than what they're they're slotting. Yeah, at. for sure. Well, I think it's fifty fifty, right? I mean, if you talk to the Colorado Avalanche, you're like, yeah, that's that's tough. 
But then if you talk to Tampa, it's like, well, because, you know, I mean, they're it, – Yeah, but for a while, Tampa couldn't even get out of the first round. Right. That's a true. That's a really good point too. And they they, that was a very like they had room. their yeah. They had presidents' trophies like yeah. and they couldn't get we'll, like, for like we'll three even, straight. I think it was like two straight years they couldn't get out of the first round or something we'll, like that. We'll even see how Tampa does this year. I mean, like losing that third line, that Gordon Goudreau line, like that's that's a big hit when you're talking about the difference between being a playoff team and winning the Stanley cup, right? Like those types of things matter a lot in hockey. And I think more so depth matters compared to other sports, right? Like it's not just injuries you rely on depth for it is day-to-day scoring and winning games. Yeah. I mean, you saw what the, what happened last night with the penguins were wounded, big time wounded. And they just shit pumped the lightning during the guys and the guys that were contributing too. I mean, you know, Danton Heinen ended up on the first line with Jeff Carter because they were banged up. I mean, he scored the first goal, but the second goal was Brian Boyle, who didn't play last year and just signed on a PTO. But good story, you know, he's, Big he's a guy. Yeah, like fourth, Brian Boyle, fourth line center. But you got to be excited for that guy. And it's like those are the types of things you need to go your way in the NHL. You need that third and fourth line scoring, and those kind of guys. Like once guys get healthy, like. Heinen's more that middle six guy, maybe down to like second, third line, not a first liner. It's just, you know, you fill in when injuries are there. And hopefully some of that depth comes through for, for the pens this year. But um, I think that's the thing with the lightning that I took away last night was their studs are going to be their studs. You're one game in Vasilevsky's probably the best goalie on the planet and you've got your studs. Those guys, you should not be worried about. Your Braden points, your Stamkoses, given that he stays healthy, your Hedmans. It's going to Kucherov, off, but it's going to be the rest of the guys figuring out, like, you know, how do they fill that gap? I think they're gas too, man. They've been playing deep. Yeah. Crunched, you know, compact seasons. They're going until the very end. They're playing in the last game of the year, two years in a row. First it was the bubble. Then it was the short compact season we had last year. That's that's a lot and you lose like that that character line that's like the the identity of the team in a lot of ways you know like that was the best third line in hockey and i Coleman, think goodrow and um gord i think that energizes you so much too right like when you have when you have a guy go in there and you know if if kucherov scores a goal you expect it, right? And, like, obviously a goal is a goal. It boosts the team morale. But when you get that third and fourth line scoring where those guys are grinding it out, they're playing tough minutes, and they scrap out a goal, those are the plays that, like, that gets the whole bench just re-energized, right? Oh, yeah. Like when that, when that type of play comes around, you know, when, when a guy like Brian Boyle scores a second goal of the game last night, you get pretty fired up mm-hmm. because you expect a guy – who's a top line player to contribute like that, that depth scoring is what really gets teams shift in momentum. For sure. Um, also wanted to circle back about Montreal. Uh, they're without Carey Price, right? Yeah. Correct. He stepped uh, away. Yep. Yeah, he's entering the player assistance program. So Same obviously situation as Laner, right? Pretty yeah, much. I, I yeah. think it sounds like kind of a mental health, um, 
Man. you know, situation, just take some time away from the game, get your mind right. So obviously, you know, best of luck to carry price there. And hopefully sure. he just, you know, yeah, takes I, just the time remember, he I just remembered that. The, so like, I mean, like, yeah, they went to the Stanley cup, but that was a huge crucial part of the Stanley cup was like, you know, yeah, I mean, that's carry like, price. it's like we talked about with uh, Vincenzo last week, right? I mean, anytime you have carry price on your team, regardless of what's in front of him, you have a chance to win. Yeah. Like he's that impactful of a player between the pipes. So, I mean, that's, that's a tough loss for, uh, for the Montreal Canadians, but you know, hopefully he, uh, he takes care of himself and gets back when he's ready. For sure. I'm sure they'll have no problem taking care of the, uh, assistant led Buffalo <laughs> Sabres by Zemgis Gergensen and Kyle Poso. <laughs> I just like how they made that announcement the other day. Like it was like supposed to like fire up the fans. It's like so we what just got rid doing? of our captain, but here's the assistants. So what are they doing? They're doing assistants. three three A's in Buffalo instead of two. a C? Two? Two. Okay. And then one of the guys is just getting it because he's been on the team since 2013. So it's like obligatory, basically. Gergensen's. And the other one is the oldest one on the team, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. literally it. It's literally it because they know that the rest of the team is disposable and they probably will be more than likely. So, um, yeah, know. that's not the rest of the team. There's obviously yeah, a couple, but like the guys that fill in the rest of the holes are all probably I mean, going guys, to be moved around. So are much. you surprised that a guy like Darlene doesn't get an A or do you just think he's not ready yet? He's, he's got a focus. I also don't think he's like that kind of person in the locker room also. Like, just I kind of a quiet just, guy. I think he just, just kind of, yeah, goes in, puts his head down, gets the job done kind of thing. So I don't think sure. he's like really stepping out of his, you know, be, you know, out of his lane to like, you but know, I, and I guess, up. I guess there, that's an important point is like, I think a lot of times we tend to, as fans associate being a captain with being like best players, a and superstar. Like, yeah. Some, it's definitely not. Yeah. And like, and that's the thing. And like, sometimes that's just not the case. And like the best captains maybe aren't those guys or to your point, there's also nothing wrong with being a guy that's like, Hey, like, I don't want to be that vocal leader. Like, I just want to put my head down, work hard and kind of do what I got to do. And Patrick Kane. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, and also I mean, just like, think about it. Like it puts a whole target on your head. Like you're the captain, like everything's right. got to go through you kind of thing you know it's a new level like, of responsibility especially in the yeah. NHL like yeah. off ice stuff and everything where it's hard enough just making it into that league staying there and keeping your fucking job let alone trying commanding other guys who are all trying to do that got families to feed and shit too so, so do you think I guess staying on that and <clears throat> not to just keep going back to Jack all the time but like do you think at the time that he got it, he was ready for it? Or do you think it was more of just a, we just signed this guy to a big ticket. So like, we kind of have to do this to keep. I think there's happy. a lot of pressure by the fans as well, too. I I, I think it was probably pressure from the Pagoulas too. Probably. They need a face. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't doubt it. There was probably a lot of pressure and I'm sure management probably didn't want to do it yet. Um, like you just said, it changes the whole aspect of, you know, your playing style and your game, you know, you have so much more on your shoulders now. And now everyone is looking at, you know, imagine if Jack wasn't the captain and dealing with all of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm sure this process and transition of like this back and forth would probably go a lot more smoother than, 
if he would, you know, like, like, say we had Ryan O'Reilly, who probably would still be our captain, obviously. This is all hypothetical. Like, yeah. that's a much better person that's obviously set for, as, you know, a captain. And um, I think we, then it takes so much more pressure off of Jack to perform and also, like, be that number one guy you know right. he can just navigate you know and then you also have a guy that is also another captain on top like I, I just i truly don't think whereas like mcdavid is a one-man show and can do it on his own i don't think jack geichel is that type of player where he i think he needs help at the, he can still do a lot but i think he still needs help and i still think he needs someone that's gonna guide him basically an older you know yeah. an older presence on the team like a, he a, a defenseman or something like that he, you know? it's it's unfortunate he didn't get more time with o'reilly i think yeah to kind of learn that because that's really valuable and and it's not like o'reilly's that much older than him either no you know I mean? we always think that o'reilly is so much older but he's like literally like 27 years old like yeah, I think he's like 28 20, i think he's 29 is that that's what, what blows at? your mind, though, right? Because you see him and you're like, man, this guy, like, he was young when he was with us. When he was with us, he was young. Like, yeah. still. Like, yeah. I thought he was much older than when he he's 30. He's 30 years he's old. He's 30. Okay. But so, it felt yeah, like he didn't it feel like he was 30. He's a 90 Yes, that's what he he felt like he was 30 when he was. Yeah, there. exactly. It's yeah. all character. I don't Age really doesn't matter. And that's no, just that's tough. Sure. When, especially with Jack, he came into the league as a true freshman, like he was a kid. Like, you gotta, it's, there's a learning curve there, not only with the game, but learning. Played one like year you, in the league. You're asking a kid to lead a bunch of men. Played I one mean, that's year a, in, in the NCAA and like lit it up, obviously. But think about where we were as, you know, 18, 19 year old freshmen in college. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mentally, where were we? Probably nowhere near sniffing a, leadership nope. role right like nope and yeah that's just i think that's a great point benny like that's such a tough ask of young players coming in because i think we kind of forget that too right when they make all this money and they sign these contracts where it's like all right like you know someone comes into the nhl at 18 19 20 years old like they're literally just a kid like they're yep. trying to figure out like how to follow the microwave directions on the hot pockets box like after the game like and it's... kids who have been like not like coddled their whole life but like they've had a route like to go like a path yeah. it, like, like a structure right yeah like, you've i mean had, if you like, have mom played, and dad yeah. get you to practice like you're you know you're living or with the billet, billet family, yeah like, something along those lines like there's like a lot of structure to your life and like how you got to that point i mean maybe it structures you a little bit more different you know mentally differently but like you're pretty much like not given but you you have to follow this and it's like you can't do it on your own without help obviously so like and, you know to go point. then into the league where you're like basically on your own but with like less structure i'd say basically because with higher expectations yeah i mean less structure because they're not going to tell you like you have to do this but like they're going to expect you to do this kind of thing it's like right we have the organization to help you and like we're there, but like, we're not going to hold your hand along the way. Whereas like all the way up until 18, 19 years old, like they were probably had their hands held by whatever program they were in or whatever, um, you know, whatever 
team that they were on. You know, they were had so much more close monitoring. You know, just and and now you have money also, and no one's looking over your shoulder too. Right. So like, and there's a huge like morale standpoint too of like changing over from like like even if you don't make that big contract, like you're signing a couple hundred thousand, like a minimum league minimum of like. Eight hundred thousand dollars. You know what you can like do eight, with eight hundred thousand dollars in Buffalo, New York. Old, at eighteen years old, what could you do right. with eight hundred thousand dollars? Yeah, that you were just handed to you in like literally like that. Like yeah, you, you signed a piece of paper and like that's it. It's all you have to do is worry about like paying taxes because it's all given <clears> to you for the rest of the year, even if you don't play. Yeah, and and like to Benny's point too. I mean, maybe like coming into certain situations, you look at guys that have had kind of a certain level of success and especially success in a leadership position. You look at who was on the team when they got there. Right. So like with, with Jack, you look at not a whole lot of veteran leadership that's kind of strong. Right. But then you look at a guy like Sid, who has made a captain young in Pittsburgh when he came into the league, you got Mario Lemieux in the locker room and who is still there as the owner kind of showing you the way and showing you how to be a pro, right? Like you get certain situations where guys come into the league and you just might get lucky and come into a better situation where you have a mentor. Um, and, and unfortunately for some guys, I think they go to a situation where they, they don't have that mentor. And that really, I think, can be the difference between – you know, I hate to trajectory. draw the parallels constantly, but it's always going to happen of like McDavid and Eichel. But, you know, McDavid walked into a situation with no mentor and I'd say he's doing pretty all right. But so I think I the think the, the thing is, though, just, they need to help a, him out with a guy like McDavid. And I guess like they lump them in together, right? Like a McDavid, a Crosby, a McKinnon. Like those guys are a special, and I even like Ryan, o- a Ryan O'Reilly too, right? Like those guys, their like mental discipline is next level, and like it's almost like to the point where like it's not normal in a way. Like it's just another level that those guys have of like this is how locked in I am, and you know I I don't think you can expect every human being to operate like that because it's just it's nuts. It just works for those guys. And it's tough, right? Like you can't, not every 25 year old or younger is going to be like that. And they shouldn't all be like that, but you know, it, it is what it is. And you know, Benny, what were you, what were you saying there? McKinnon's got Rantanen and Landis Cog. Bergeron's got Marshawn. I mean, they all, they, they, uh, McDavid's got dry sidle. Matthews has Marner. Sackick had Forsberg. Like you could keep going and going and going. Who has Jack ever had? Yeah. His best best number two was either ROR or Reinhardt. Like Skinner, the year that Skinner was pumping a bunch home. And then they stopped playing him together. Yeah. Yeah. And who's to say that Skinner also would have done that again? Because clearly he's. Oh, he'll have nah. a bounce. He'll have a bounce back here this year. I guarantee it. Yeah, when, we, when we suck. That's ass. what. The, yeah, but that's his. That's just the guy he is. If he's, you look at his he's career so trends, up and down. Yeah, yeah like he goes every other year. 
he's yeah he's back on and off but and, and some guys though too right it's also with, it's the, the x but it's yeah. also the expectation right like when when you have a year like that and you sign that contract obviously when you come back that pressure and that expectation is on you every night and it and it should be when you're making that kind of money but it's so like then you have a down year maybe and all of a sudden it's like okay people are like oh this guy's kind of washed up whatever not expecting much out of you you go back up like i think it's so much easier to play without expectations like you just play free yeah, I feel maybe, like it. I, it's hard to, it's hard to say i mean either way for me i feel at the end of the day what are they like yeah they got people ripping them on twitter it's like I'm a fucking millionaire. I also think oh, when well. you're fighting for a contract, you have a way more different mentality. Like, oh, 100%. I mean, like because... Skinner was fighting for a contract and he knew it was his make it break it contract, basically. Like, no, either he was going to be considered a big boy or he was going to be considered an average, like, two to three million player for the rest of his career, basically. Right. So yeah. he had to. And, like, I mean, okay, here's another prime example. We'll go back, we'll switch it to football. Dawson Knox back against the wall and like literally on his make it break a year. And now is like the top tight end in the league, basically. Like, and some, and, and some of these guys needed too, it like, or he was not going to get paid. Yeah. Some of these guys bet on themselves. And like, I mean, you look at, you know, Pittsburgh, Juju Smith Schuster, like he signed a one year deal to kind of bet on himself and hopefully get a big long-term extension after that. And just dislocated his shoulder five weeks into the season. He's done for the year. I mean, it's, it's a risk that these guys take, but that's also why I think, you know, along the lines of contracts, I, I hate when fans are like expecting a player to be like loyal or take like a hometown discount. It's like, no, it's like you're like, this is not only is it like, this, this is a job. <laughs> are you telling me that if you went to work and your company's competitor was like, Hey, come work for us doing the same job, but I'll pay you fifty grand more. You wouldn't go, or your like, company just was like shitty, and you just like were like, "I'm yeah. done here." You're gonna obviously like leave for <laughs> yeah. better money, like or I just, like just a better situation. Like, like, I, don't, like, I don't just, understand. Like these guys don't owe you shit. Like, yeah. oh yeah, no matter what, it's, like unless they literally like. I mean, like, like a Sidney Crosby situation, like that's like even so. Even then, even and, then, and, and I'm conflicted. Anything, and I'm conflicted on this, right? Because they they talk about like, does Sid play for someone else before the end of his career, right? And it's one of those things where it's like, I would hate it, like I really would, but I, I would, un- really don't I would understand would, it. I don't, I don't, I don't think, think he will, but it's one of those things, right? I would hate it. I really dislike seeing a guy like that in another I, sweater. I mean, I still hate seeing Flurry in a Blackhawks jersey now and a, a Vegas jersey. I love him. But I also don't see Sid as like one of the guys to like really like push his career. Like especially no, why, with all of his yeah. like concussions now recently and all of his injuries. Right. Like he's done so much. He's like won his gold, you know, he's got multiple stanley cups he's gonna be a first ballot hall of fame like it what's the point of extending your career what so you can maybe take like 
a absolutely detrimental injury to your head or like, you're and you're done for like literally the rest of your life and you can't enjoy your retirement at all or you're so gonna like, go brett Favre, right and just not know when to hang it up and you would have been like obviously still a hall he doesn't of famer seem, he doesn't no i don't like i don't that. think so either but it's like it's one of those things right like you kind of make yourself oh, I think look I can like still a fool play. I, I know i can play i think <laughs> yeah. i can still play and then you and then you look like a fool and everyone remembers like oh like Brett Favre on the Vikings or the Jets who like sucked ass and then like you What was that game? Was was it the was it when he was on the Vikings and he got absolutely murdered by somebody like, like they just killed him it like I thought he was dead it was a playoff mm-hmm. game or something yeah, maybe it was, was it the Saints it. was it the Saints during the bounty thing is that what it, it was It might have been I, I'm pretty sure it was But yeah I mean that's one of those things like dude you could have been just filming your Wrangler jeans commercials, not taking. He any probably contact. could have been in the booth if he wanted to. For fuck's sake, he could have been yeah. in the broadcast oh. booth making just as much money, more than likely. Yeah, yeah. more like, time for more endorsements too. Oh my god! Like, think yeah. about like Copper I'm sure fit. I'm sure Drew Brees had the exact same situation this year where he like kind of announced his retirement and then like actually decided to go through with it. And I'm sure the reason he went through with it was because what was he on? He's on Fox Sports, right? Yeah. Fox probably hit him with NBC, a, I believe. Yeah. So or, he, had, yeah. he had already right, signed that contract before he stopped playing. So, oh. like, he was still in the league, and he signed a contract with them and was like, when I retire, I'm just transitioning into the booth. So that was already He has signed. not signed his retirement papers, though. I wouldn't be surprised but, a little Jason Witten action. Or Rob Gronkowski. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? That would be. But, no, I mean, it's there's definitely a huge influence when that, like – they're definitely i mean think about it like I, I would do the same thing you're telling me that i can make just as much money if not just a little bit less and i don't have to get my body slammed into it every single week and i get flown around and treated like a fucking king yeah i'm gonna right. take that deal like look at marshawn lynch dude like he, before he came back like who wouldn't take that career he was smart with his money. He's just making a killing on endorsements, and he's stacked all that cash from his contract. Yeah, yeah. I always found that very crazy because, like, everyone always gave him shit for being such an idiot. And like, when it came out that he like is literally like, he's, he's probably, he's probably like one of the he's probably one of the most rich NFL players in like his post career because you yeah, hear about guys getting going broke all, cash. The, time. all yeah. the time. It also is like you also have to be uh, in a pretty favorable position as a person to like be able to live off of endorsements you know what i mean like, yeah that's like he not, was clearly a people like he most. was clearly a people person and like a a character that he was able to live off of that you know like yeah. that's pretty big and also shout out to his you know agent and business side of thing for being able to pull that off but like no for know. sure yeah i mean i think i feel like more people can do it than you would like i feel like more guys you have to be a first you have to be a star of a of a team though immediately like right off the bat you're talking for endorsements there yeah if you want to like do what marshawn did you have to be a star of a team like immediately because yeah but i think we're basing it off of like he's lived like the what nfl rich athletes would do like even even like a mediocre level of that is still a substantial amount of money I guess, like, I wonder. You know I, I mean? remember. Um, I used to walk home from, uh, when I was my buddy lived like a couple, like neighborhoods over from our middle school, and a lot of the Bills players live like near our middle school because it's like the 
uppity rich neighborhood and marshawn never owned a house he always had like a split condo like i think he split it with like another like it was like basically like a duplex basically and he would always because we would see him outside every now and then um when we would walk home but cutting cutting his own grass doing a little joe thornton nice oh yeah oh yeah little little jumbo action that's awesome yeah yeah, but um, I think he was – yeah, he just was always very smart. And also, technically, he didn't have to drive um, for the second half of his career because he lost his license in Buffalo. And <laughs> <laughs> if anyone remembers yeah. that story, yeah, he yeah, yeah. ran over an old lady. and Not good. <laughs> Not good. Well, so, anyway, I know there was – we're on the football again. Um yeah, by the way, just I'll get this in now. Big time shout out to I don't know if anybody watched the Arkansas Old Miss game on this past Saturday. Mm-mm. That Arkansas coach can go fuck himself. An absolute <laughs> loser. There was a shootout. I, Tudor, did you see this game? I, I was in Philly for a wedding. So Saturday I was at the ceremony. I didn't yeah, see okay. it. Shootout game back and forth. The score ended, the, the total was 103. Okay. It was 52 51 was the final. Did you bet the over? No, I didn't because I'm an idiot. I bet Mississippi State on the point spread, minus five. So Arkansas, six seconds left. Um, so, so I'll take you from the, the first, the final two plays. They're down right in the red zone. It's like, whatever, fucking third down. They go six seconds left, watching the clock, watching the quarterback. He's standing back there, standing back there. I'm like, this is what an idiot. He didn't throw it yet. He, Let's one go incomplete pass. The guy who's running the clock at Ole Miss Stadium needs to be put on death row immediately. <laughs> There's no reason. There's one second left that was the longest second I have ever seen in my life. So initially, this last play shouldn't have even happened. But whatever. So one second left. Snaps the ball. Throws it. Touchdown. <laughs> Tie game. No, no, no. They're down one. I am like, all right, this is cool because I got a 50-50 shot here because nobody stopped anybody. There was touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The whole oh, game. I did see the highlights at the end so, of this finish. Oh, so I, the, the big boy Arkansas guy there, Mr. Razorback himself, I don't know his fucking name. I, and mind you, I've loved Arkansas this year on the spread. They've been a darling, but I had to go against them in this old Miss game. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I got a chance. We'll go to overtime. Um. Matt Coral's going to march down the quarterback, Old Miss, nasty. He's going to march him down, score a touchdown, will win by six. Benny cashes out because this is the last bet I needed to hit for 350. What does he do? Holds up the two. He holds up the two. Kick the extra point, go to overtime. Maybe you win the coin toss. Maybe you can hold him to a field goal and you get the ball back. Unbelievable. And they go for two, and guess what? They miss. They couldn't have even just rubbed it into me, just take the game and win it. You just you had to lose, and then I missed the cover by four. Fuck so, off. So, Benny, with the official there, it reminded me. There's actually – so when you mentioned refs, there's two topics I wanted to get to before we wrap up, so hopefully we can kind of get through both of them quickly here. But two things I wanted to ask you guys. So first one – NFL officials, second one NHL related. So we'll go NFL first. Uh, I was talking to some buddies over the weekend and I was like, with like officials in any sport, right? Like, but especially like the NFL, it seems like they blow 
so many calls every single week. And some of them are like so obvious and they just miss it. And I get it. They're down on the field. It's fast. We get the TV angle. But it kind of made me think, like, why is there any reason in 2021 that we need on-field officials making the call? Like, can't we just have, like, officials in the booth that have a bird's-eye view and all these camera angles make the calls and the guy on the field just spots it where they tell him to and is down there? I think it's either that. I think it's either that. You go, you get rid of replay, it's over, done with, and it's just – on that was the beautiful part about soccer until they started getting down this the road. VR, it, the VAR horseshit, yeah. and it just it's screwing stuff up. But now you just that's part of the game. It was always part of the game. Right, like we're conditioned to it. We didn't play. You know, even if you played in college for the most part, even obviously D one stuff's different. But like the replay really wasn't a thing. Like. I, but some of the calls, like especially in the NFL, like some of these pass interference calls are atrocious, and then they'll miss ones that are like. And that's what brings me to my to my follow up. Still on the NFL side is, I think, and I don't know if you guys agree. Do you think that NF like officials in any pro sport like should be held accountable, punished, fined, whatever for like? missing bad calls like there has to be some sort of like a slippery slope i think it's a slippery slope but i think there has to be some sort of like threshold right because you get situations where guys in an interview after a game will be like flat out just like they missed a call it was bad and then the league slaps them with a fine and nothing happens nothing happens to the ref and it's like well what do you put them on the flag duty they hold yeah. the first down marker. Well, yeah, a crazy like, thing that I heard on the radio this week, Eric Wood was talking on 550 on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, he was saying that when, I think he said under Rex, um, they would have a personnel, like a, like a staff come in each week and would find out. It was like his job to find out what crew the like officiating crew was going to because there's only like 16 or something like that in the league or something yeah 16 yeah because the crew stays the same and they just travel and get different teams each week yeah so they would like run like literally every single stat on the crew of like this is how many holding calls they called and this is how many pass interference calls they call and they would tune their game to the officiating crew that they would have. Like we are knowing that we're going to get away with more holds than pass interferences. So we're going to hold them on the line more than try to get wide receivers to, you know, fuck with the other guys that are crashing in, you know, which like that's smart, but at the same time, it's It's crazy that you even have. Yeah. Like that's the thing, right? It's like, you should be able to expect some level of consistency out of refs. I think that's what they were like. I didn't like listen to the full conversation, but I think that's what they were trying to get at is that it's insane that it's even comes down to that, that you have to even study the officiating crew and like what their tendencies are to call it i mean at the end of the day if you really want to look at it i'm pretty sure that there if you wanted to watch like that's the only problem and i think that's the slippery slope side of things of no officials on the field and them just doing it if you really wanted to and nitpick every single play there'd be a penalty i mean there's a hold on every single play 
there, there's a hold on every single Because that's play. what a lot like, of the callers were even saying, too. It was like, you had to have, like, the NFL had to have said something to the officiating crew at halftime, like, saying, like, all right, we got, like, a lot of freaking people watching this game. Like, let's not make them, like, turn it off because there's so many calls. Yeah, it definitely. The makes second it less half, there was a lot less. Call, there was a lot less calls. It felt like a goddamn NBA game. Yeah, it's just less enjoyable to watch when there's whistles and flags. Well, that's every that's three exactly seconds. what it is. Like that's and... why someone was like, I think like you don't want to, but like you got to think that the NFL like was like, yo, we have uh, millions of people watching this, and if we don't like get this moving, like or let them play, like this is not going to end well. Yeah. Now, on the. On the last topic here of calls, no calls, back to hockey. A little controversial play last week in the preseason with uh, some crosstown rivals, the uh, New York Rangers and New Jersey Devils. Um, Ruled a clean play in the corner. Ryan Reeves going after the puck. P.K. Subban comes in behind him, catches him. People are, I don't know if you guys, I'm assuming you've, you know, we haven't talked about this. I'm assuming you guys are well acquainted with the videos. And a lot of people are saying slew foot. It wasn't called that on the ice. I don't know that that's what I see. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think about I'm that? i to be honest. I don't even remember. Okay. Yeah. If we can go first here. I'll look it up. Yeah. I mean, um, hang on. Give me a second. I'm about to pull it up here for. Oh, okay. Us. Sure. Just watch this. I mean, so. I, I was listening to our boy Jimmy Collins uh, over at Morning Skate talking about it this week. Obviously, a huge Rangers fan, and um, you know he he was all on the on the slew foot train. And I think if we if we get the video pulled up, it's one of those things. I think it's a uh, it's a bad play by PK, not necessarily intent to injure. I think, but here it is. So once we get shown the replay here for anyone on video, Derek's got it pulled up here. But, um, yeah, Revo kind of went down awkward, twisted a knee. Um, PK, to his credit, if you if you have the audio in there, he's, he calls for the refs to actually stop the play because he sees Revo's down. But right here's the play. I mean, he extends his foot out. He, he extends his foot, but I think like can literally the part see of it right here, you it's... can. But so part of a slew foot, right? By definition, is that right you're using. Yeah, but part of the definition is you're using your arm to cause that force back on like the I mean, chest or the shoulder. It's on his head. Back. But his, his arm. arm his head. But his arm is not think... in front of him, pushing him back. I think it's. I think it's a bad play, but I don't think that's like textbook slew foot like 30th play ever i think it's just a freak like that he went down like that awkward. it's a dirty play i don't think That's it's a, a play it's play a dirty play what? he, he you yeah and ryan reeves if this if the, if that wasn't ryan reeves that guy is the toughest son of a bitch in the league and yeah. he that look he went down so the, you know what I mean? the part so, that bothered me more, though, what bothered me more than that is I think it was a bad play by PK, but I don't think it was an intent to injure thing. I think it was just like, a, I'm going to try to slow him down because like, yeah, we're going for the puck. Fast so like, I game. think yeah. I think all the I think all the people out there that are like, he's, you know, intent to injure trying to hurt him. Like, no, it's it's a stupid play. He shouldn't have done it. But it's not like he's trying to like 
take it's the Tom guy Wilson off the curb. That, that changes the tune of the conversation, what, but it's P.K. Subban. What I think bothered me the no most reputation. about it is with with that Kreider went up to him after and P.K. didn't really – he didn't answer the bell. And, like, yeah. I think if that happens, like, would you think that you'd have to do that as a player? Like, you make that play whether you meant to hurt the guy or not. If one of his teammates is coming after you, you like, you've got you've to own it and answer the bell, right? No, you got to um, think. This is a guy that's pre-season. saving his broadcasting career, too. He's got to yeah. think about his broadcasting career he and does. his image afterwards. Yeah. He does. Yeah, uh, I hear what you're saying, Tudor. For me, uh, regular season, yes. Preseason, no. Okay. If the, what happens if he gets in a fight? He breaks his fucking hand in a preseason game. He's gonna be yeah. the right. the team's gonna be upset with PK. Mm-hmm. I think that's the longest right. Who's who's trying to fight him anyways? Was it Kreider? Uh, yeah, Kreider did. Kreider. <laughs> you know, he kind of he kind of went he kind of went back though later and kind of went after Kreider from behind, kind of jumped them a little bit, which I thought was kind of bullshit, but. Yeah, like, it's one of the, one of those things where it was just kind of a weird, weird uh, situation, but a lot of back and forth. And I was curious what you guys were thinking about, you know. Yeah, I've, I've seen a lot worse, um, you know, answering the bell regular season. Yes. For me, preseason. No, yeah. he's uh, that the team, the Devils are interesting or an interesting team for me. They could go either um, way. Young defense, young defenseman on that team. I don't, you know, I want, I want PK in the lineup. I don't need yeah. him breaking his hand because he. There was a play where he's got to answer the bell because I, if you know, and I, and there I'm was sure a harder that's kicking he motion. If he pushed him back more, that's different. But it just real fast paced, weird one. I think if we start seeing, if we see that play again from PK, I think it's different. But you know, that that's just my thought. Well, boys, this was a freaking blast as always. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week. Um, make sure you check out on the Just Dishing YouTube channel. We will be posting our video episodes there for the podcast and also to check out both of the vlogs that are out now. Episode one was out past week. This week now, as of yesterday, Vlog number two, focusing on the skate skins, is out now. Check that out. A lot of awesome work gone into that from the fellas here on their content team. Derek, Nick, Maddie, everybody involved there. Um, it's been really awesome to see those come together. It's cool behind the scenes, like Derek said last week. I think you guys will really enjoy them, get a lot out of them. Let's see a, another uh, day in the life kind of thing. See some live action of the, the team here. Thank you for listening as always. Um, Have a great rest of the week, everybody. We will be back for a brand new episode next week. Until then, see ya!